Our text this evening will be taken from the uh, Luke, that's Luke 18, verses 35 through 43. And it came to pass, as he was come nigh unto Jericho, a certain blind man sat by the wayside begging. And hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth passes by. And he cried, saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And they which went before rebuked him, that he should not hold his peace. But he cried so much the more, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood and commanded him to be brought unto him. And when he was and when he was come near, he asked him, saying, What wilt thou I shall do unto thee? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Receive thy sight. Thy faith has saved thee. And immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise unto God. There was a question here, what do you want me to do? I think quite often we try to figure things out ourselves. And maybe we don't come to the Lord enough and ask that question. Because the Lord is asking us that question tonight, what do you want from me? And we need to learn to ask that question of the Lord. We see here that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. It said here there was a blind man. He was sitting among the wayside. The crowd heard a murmuring, or he heard a murmuring, and he asked the crowd, What is happening? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. Truly, this blind man must have heard of Jesus before, and he wanted to take advantage of this opportunity. It says here that he immediately cried out, Jesus, have pity on me. Jesus, have mercy on me. We know mercy or pity is a feeling of sorrow and compassion caused by suffering. This man had been through a lot. You know, he, he had no other options. You know, sometimes we have to get to that point in our life where there is no other options for us to turn to the Lord. But we want to make sure that we turn to the Lord long before we have no other options. You know, we, we like options. When I was uh, thinking of options, it reminded me when I, uh, a few years ago, I, uh, I went to buy a, a new car. I bought a, a Honda Accord. And I, I knew what I needed. I just wanted a car for an everyday driver. And the first thing that the salesman tried to do was sell me on a, a bunch of options. I remember as a kid, 
None of our cars even had AC. Today, I, I think that's standard. I don't even think you could buy a car without air conditioning. But I told them, nope, I, I want the most basic Honda Accord that you have. And then he tried to sell me on the sports model. And I said, I don't want a sports model. I said, I've been down that path before on other cars. As soon as the tires wear down, they cost double than the normal tire costs. And I want nothing to do with that. I want to keep this as simple as possible and as cheap as possible. I guess he finally got the point there. But we like to have options. But you know what? We, we do have options in life. This man had no other option besides Jesus. And he realized and he knew at this point he was going to take advantage of this. And it said at this point that the crowd, they, they tried to silent him. But it said he just shouted out again, have mercy on me, have pity on me. We see here this blind man, he was showing a desperate, persistent of crying out to the Lord. When we truly want something from God, we will cry out, have mercy upon us, Lord. But I like this part. It says that Jesus stopped. And when he stopped, he asked them that question. What do you want me to do for you? He wanted to be able to see. And we know that day that blind beggar received his sight. But what can we learn from this account? We can learn that the blind beggar here had determination. Determination that he was not going to give up. This drove him to receive the blessing of God. When we have determination to receive something, that will drive us to receive what we need from the Lord. You know, we will never be disappointed with the effort we put in with God. You may be disappointed at school at times. Disappointment may come at work. You might put a lot of work in something. You might try out for a sports team and, and maybe not make it. You know, whatever it may be, you may be disappointed. But I can tell you with the time that you put in with the Lord, you will never be disappointed. Jesus always helps the hungry heart. Jesus here, he saw a human soul that needed something from him. And the Lord rescue this blind man. You know, success comes when we are willing to put in hard work. Sometimes even spiritually, it will take hard work. The blind man, he showed this. He didn't care what anybody else thought of him. He just kept shouting out. Sometimes I think maybe we worry too much what somebody may think of us, but we want to keep shouting out till that the, to the Lord till he hears us. The blind beggar here did not worry about what other people thought of him. If he had, he would have given those other people in the crowd the power and he would have never received the blessing from God.
We have to realize we need to focus on the things in life that matter. We need to concentrate on the things that are important. And we need to learn to listen to the voice of God. We read here in Romans 10:17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We must have that faith. We must be able to be tuned in of hearing the voice of God. But this question that he asked here, what do you want me to do for you? I was trying to think of some of the, the top things that people may want, and I looked up some of them, and there's a lot of different lists. But one thing that people want in life is they want power. People love to have power. They like to have power over things. They like to have power over situations. People want power. People generally want to be happy. People are looking for happiness. Another thing that many people, they are looking for money. They believe that that money will make them happy. I think a lot of people look for balance. There's nothing wrong with balance, but a lot of people are looking for that. A lot of people are looking just to be accepted, wherever that may be. You know, uh, young people often are uh, looking for followers for their social media accounts. They're usually affected by how many people may like their photos. There's a lot of things in the world that we want. But you know what? Jesus here has taught us things that we can do ourselves to improve our lives. One of the things he, he speaks here of, it says, love God and your neighbor. When Jesus here was asked, which of the commandment is the greatest? Jesus said unto them, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The Lord has commanded us to love him, and he's also commanded us to love our neighbor. Love our neighbor as thou ourselves. We all know we, we teach our kids to live by the golden rule. Often people will say do unto others before they do unto you as a joke. But we know that's not the golden rule. We know that therefore all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do you even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. We can have happiness when we treat others like we want to be treated. You know, just recently, a couple weeks ago, as we were been studying the, the book of Exodus, there was some, it talked about the Ten Commandments. And I, and I guess I, I never really read this before, but it mentioned it in the teacher's guide. It said the last six commandments have to do with how we treat others. It's really important how we treat others. You know, by treating others well, we will get, we'll have happiness too. We'll have joy too. You know, and it also the last part here, and, and there's many things that we can do to bring happiness. And if one big one is freely forgive. We know that Peter asked Jesus, how often should we forgive someone? And we know that Jesus here replied to him 70 times 7, which means we just need to keep forgiving. It doesn't matter how many times we're supposed to forgive somebody, we just got to keep forgiving them. And that will bring us true joy, true peace, 
and true comfort will come to us by allowing things and to love the Lord with all our heart. Also within this same chapter here, we read one more parable here in Luke 18. It is a parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. We know that the, the Pharisee here, and I always think this is uh, quite a verse, or how he says, he says, I thank you, God, that I am not like other people. I am certainly not like that tax collector. You know, we don't want to be like that Pharisee here. We don't want to be that I'm thanking God that I am not like that other person. But we see here that the tax collector, it says that this tax collector, he stood afar off. It says he wouldn't even lift his eyes to God. Why? Because he was showing true humility. And we see here, it says, Oh God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. That is the way we need to pray. That is the way we need to come to God, just like that tax collector. It says there, those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. This parable here teaches us the kind of attitude that we should have when we come to Christ. We need to have the same attitude of humility, just as this tax collector. It has been said that pride is probably the biggest problem here with the Pharisee. It says it has been said that the gate of heaven is so low that none can enter in save upon their knees. It is important us to be upon our knees in prayer and that showing that humility. We know also we see here in um, Luke chapter 18, it talks about the rich man, the parable. We heard this mention a few weeks ago on a Sunday morning. And it says here, it is easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than for a rich man to get into heaven. We, we know there's, there's nothing wrong with being rich, but it's where our priorities are. We see here, you know, rabbis in those days would often talk about an elephant trying to get through the eye of a needle. And this was a picture of something that was impossible. And we learned just a couple weeks ago, it says here, that it is said beside the main gate in Jerusalem, there was a small gate, a gate next to it called the needle's eye. And for a camel could only go by, go by, by stripping off his gear and crawling through on his knees. It wasn't impossible for the camel to get through, but it was very difficult. You know, the main point here he's trying to make, we don't want to hold on to possessions too tight. We don't want to hold on anything that is going to separate us from receiving the blessings of God. We want to make sure that there is nothing out there that is separating us. You know, I was trying to think of some things that at times that may separate us from God. And one I was thinking is, you know, often we will make excuses. You know, another one might be um, procrastination. We just put it off. We have good intentions to come and to seek the Lord but before we know it, we just put it off over and over and over. And before you know it, it's not just day after day. It's weeks. It's years. And we have good intentions. Often, uh, you know, what can get in our lives is distractions. You know, we're all busy. You know, people sometimes think they're maybe busier than everybody else. My, my wife often will, will let me know I'm no busier than anyone else. Everybody's busy. I know everybody thinks they're busier than someone else. 
but we're all busy. We all have school. We have families. We have jobs. There's a lot going on, but we cannot allow those distractions to get between us and the Lord. We must learn to be consistent in our relationship with God. That is one of the most important things we can do is to be consistent in our relationship with the Lord. In closing tonight, a few days ago, my, my wife uh, told me about kind of a, uh, a devotion that um, somebody had shared at her work. And uh, it says here, the desire of acquiring more material things can sometimes blind us from what we already have. Sometimes trying to get more and more things can blind us from the things that we already have. And there was a man called William Randolph Hearst. And we know he was a very wealthy, he owned a newspaper, a publishing company. And uh, he also had a, besides just having a, a castle, he had an incredible collection of art. And it said on one occasion, he learned about an art piece that he really wanted. So he went out and he uh, hired an agent. It was said that maybe I think he, uh, a couple hundred thousand dollars he paid, and, and this would have been in the 1930s, because he really wanted to find this piece of art. And after uh, a few months here, this agent for searching out this piece of artwork, he came back to uh, William Randolph Hearst here, and he said, I found the piece of art that you are looking for. And the nice thing about it is you don't have to even buy it or even purchase it. He says, you are already the owner of it. It's been located in your basement this whole time. You know, sometimes we already have what the Lord has given us. And sometimes we might be seeking for different things, but it's all, it was already in the basement. He was already the owner of that piece of artwork. So tonight, let's, you know, dwell on this. Let's, you know, look at God's word. And, you know, there is needs tonight. There's always needs when we come to church. But, you know, we're in the right place to receive those things. You know, we serve a, a merciful God. We serve a loving God. We serve a caring God. We serve a God that wants to add, answer every single prayer for us. If you're here tonight and, and you maybe you don't have a relationship with God, or maybe you're not where you should be, maybe you just, you know, let little things slip into your life. You know what? Tonight is a good night to just surrender your will, surrender it all to God. He can change your life tonight. He can write your name back in that Lamb's book of life. You know, you can, by the time you leave tonight, you can have that hope of heaven again. So let's sing page 285 and the altars are open.